Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. And I appreciate you letting me uh, do my study on 1 Kings. and We're in uh, chapter 4 of 1 Kings. We kind of noticed a little trend. As I said, when I first started this, we see in the rise and the fall of Solomon. And now in chapter 4, we're, getting, we're in the rise portion of looking at Solomon's life. We see in uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, in our last uh, study on Solomon's here, uh, that the Lord had came to Solomon and told him that he could ask for anything. Because he won't know where, as I said, they pretty much give him a blank check. So Solomon asked for an understanding mind so that he could rule God's people properly. This is the attitude that I'm probably having to work on to have this trait of uh, Solomon because somebody that I knew could give me anything I wanted and told me to ask for what I wanted. You know, I, I asked for your prayers. I don't know if that would have been my, my answer. But this is something that we, we know that it's a shortcoming and it's something that we have to work on. We can't look at things in a worldly way. We need to look at and form our lives in a spiritual way. <clears throat> but anyway, Solomon asked for the mind that he could rule God's people properly. And the Lord was so pleased with this request that he not only granted Solomon the greatest wisdom ever, but we know from our study, he also granted Solomon wealth and power of the kingdom. Now, if we approach chapter 4, we might imagine that this is a lot of details about the kingdom that really doesn't have much meaning or effect on us today. In fact, one commentator wrote, the purpose of including all these details about Solomon's wisdom is probably the administration is not apparent. That was Conkle in the New International Version's application commentary. But after looking at it and studying it, however... 1 Kings chapter 4 says a lot about Solomon and the nature of his kingdom. And now if we look at, at the pictures, we're going to see Jesus and his kingdom foreshadowed. Now through this study, we will see that, these te that there is a lot of details in this story that does mean a lot to us today. We see in uh, starting in chapter 4 verses 1 through 20, a blessed kingdom. <clears throat> the first thing that we see about Solomon's kingdom and the reign is that it is truly a blessed kingdom. The first 19 verses describe the established kingdom with its officials and with its administrators. At the point of listing all these names and show that the kingdom is completely established without any external threat. Now David, we know from our study, was unable to set up anything like this because he was either always on the run, he was under threat, or he was under attack. But this is not true for Solomon. The Lord had established a kingdom just as he had promised to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. The thrust of this blessed kingdom is proclaimed in verse 20. Now 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. When it says... 
Judah and Israel were many, as the sands which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. There are two fulfillments that are being deflected in this verse. First of all, we see that the promises to Abraham are being fulfilled. Remember back in Genesis chapter 22, verse 17. Genesis 22, 17. Also Genesis 15, 5 and 18. Genesis 15, verse 5 and verse 18. Remember that the Lord promised Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the sands on the seashore. Now this is not a mere statement about how many people are under Solomon's rule. This is saying that God is blessing the kingdom and fulfilling the promises that he made to Abraham. The second thing we see here, the fulfillment is, notice that the peace and the joy that all these people have in this kingdom. They have rest. They're not worried. They are able to eat, to drink, to rejoice, be happy, and be content. <clears throat> this is the ideal fulfillment of God's promises. One of the purposes of the kingdom is to, as we talked earlier, is to give rest to his people. In this kingdom, the needs of the people are met in great abundance. And then we see on further down in chapter 4, 1 Kings, uh, verses 21 through 28, we're going to see a rich kingdom. And that's the second thing that we see about Solomon's kingdom and reign is that it is a very wealthy and rich kingdom. The descriptions are given in verses 21 through 28. Verses 21 through 28 are stunning. I never realized how wealthy uh, Solomon's kingdom was to actually read these. Solomon has subjected all the peoples and the nations around him so that these countries were bringing, constantly and steadily bringing tribute to Solomon. Not only this, but listen to the daily provisions given to Solomon each day, verses 22 and 23. 1 Kings chapter 4, verses 22 and 23. It says, Solomon's provision for one day was 30 measures of fine flour, three score measures of meal, 10 fat oxen, 20 oxen out of the pastures, and 100 sheep, beside hearts and roebucks and fallow deer, and fatted fowl. Now, core, I think it is about a donkey load. So let's just think a donkey load. We've seen westerns and we've seen stuff and how they just weighed all this stuff on the donkey and got them tied on. So now imagine in one day, Solomon's house will receive 30 donkey loads of flour, 60 donkey loads of meal, 10 fat oxen, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep, along with other animals. This is a very rich kingdom. Yet again, the point is to show what the people of the kingdom are enjoying. Let's look a little further down here now in Kings chapter 4. Verses 24 and 25. It tells us, For he had dominion over all the region, on this side of the river, from... Tepshaf, even to Azra, over all the kings on this side of the river, and he had peace on all sides round about him. Verse 25 says, And Judah and Israel dwelt safely 
every man under his vine, under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. What it's telling us here is that there is peace on every side. The people had nothing really to worry about. The people lived in safety without any threat. Every person lived under their own vine and fig tree. Now this probably sounds really strange, but it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for living in ideal conditions in the kingdom. It's important to see that this here because the prophets would love to use this phrase to describe the kingdom when Christ comes. In short, according to 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 27, nothing was lacking. Then we're going to see further down 1 Kings 4, verses 29 through 34, a wise kingdom. We see Solomon's kingdom and reign as a very wise kingdom. <clears throat> verse 29 tells us that Solomon's wisdom was measureless, like the sands of the sea seashore, surpassing even the wisdom of the east and of Egypt. His wisdom is for the kingdom and for the people. Now as it is described in terms that fit the promises to Abraham, Solomon's wisdom is a blessing to the people and also a blessing to the world. And it's still a blessing to each and every one of us, even today. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, 1,005 songs, some of which we still possess in our scriptures. Listen to verse 34, 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 34. The last verse, it says, And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of the earth which had heard of his wisdom. People of all nations come to hear the wisdom of Solomon. All the kings of the earth heard of Solomon's wisdom. Everyone wanted to belong to this kingdom. Everyone wanted to be a part of Solomon's rule and have access to all the blessings of the reign. You know, it's like college football. When a state's team is winning the championship and all, everybody in that state seems to be pulling. That's their team. They're going to the championship. That's their team. People in other states said, that's, that's my team. It's the same thing here. Everybody's wanting to be to the kingdom of Solomon. Do you see the picture of how staggering the kingdom is that God gave to Solomon? I'm hoping that I've set a picture in your mind now of great wealth. I'm mean, getting this every day. It wouldn't take very many days and you'd be going to wonder where I'm going to put all this. That's the same thing with God. Our God today, He would bless us more ways than we need. It's a kingdom that is full of wisdom. A kingdom full of riches, peace, joy, happiness, and rest. Now can you imagine what it must have been like to live in that kingdom? Can you imagine being an average citizen in the kingdom during the reign of Solomon? It must have been 
glorious. Imagine not worrying about your government. All of the rulers ruling righteousness. Imagine not worrying about food or the economy. That's like making a comment to Marshall. When we went to Ohio, within three days, fuel price rate, uh, raised, rose 30 to 40% a gallon. In a kingdom like this, let it rise. <coughs> I was talking to a friend of mine. He bought a new guy, a Dodge truck. And I asked him, I said, what kind of mileage do you get? He said, man, on the gas station, I ain't worried about gas mileage. That's the same thing here. We serve an almighty God. We don't worry about the threats and all from our government. Imagine not even worrying about money. Imagine not worrying about what other nations are doing or planning to do against us. Imagine a government and administration whose sole purpose is to act wisely for the good of the people. I ain't saying the good of the person in, in charge. I said the good of the people. Now let's look at another kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus. I want us to listen to something Jesus said while he was teaching those who refused to believe in him unless a sign was given to them. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. Matthew 12, verse 42. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the othermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Matthew 12, 42. Something greater than Solomon is here. I just told you how great Solomon was. I told you how wise he was. How wealthy he was. Now we're looking at something that's even greater than Solomon. We cannot appreciate these words until we look at the glory of Solomon's kingdom a little more. Something greater than Solomon is here. How could anything or anyone be greater than Solomon and his kingdom that he ruled over for the good of the people? Yet this is exactly what Jesus said. Take everything we know about Solomon and the king God has established through him and understand that Jesus and his kingdom is much greater. Think about what is said about Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 30 and 31. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 30 through 31. He said, For he was wiser than all men, even Ethan the Israelite, and Heman, and Chalco, and Darda, the sons of Moha, and his fame was in the nations round about. He was wiser than anyone else. But Jesus said that he is greater than Solomon. This is another point that I've kind of picked up from Brother Clay's teaching. After we've been through all that, I want to go into some applications. How we can apply it to our own life. Because no matter how wonderful that story sounds, it's meaningless. It's just entertainment unless we can find a way that we can use it today. And that's the reason all this is written in God's Word. It's not just to entertain us. Because any story that you want to read about, 
wars. Whatever you want to read about is stories in God's Word. But it's not there just to entertain us. It's there to help guide our lives. First, as glorious as it is to imagine what it'd be like to belong to Solomon's kingdom, with all his wisdom and glory, the kingdom that Jesus established is far greater. We belong to a greater kingdom under a greater king. We have a king who has a very wisdom of God. We have a king who rules over all of the earth. We have a king whose riches are so vast because he owns it all and created it all. If he wants more, he can create more. We have a king who has come to bring us peace, to bring us rest, and bring us hope. We have a king that allows us to be prosperous under our own vine and fig tree. Now ask us to imagine not worrying about our government. I ask you to imagine not worrying about our rulers, our food, our economy, our money, what other nation are doing or planning. You do not have to imagine that. That is the very kingdom which we belong to today. If you belong to the kingdom of Christ, then we have nothing to fear. We do not worry about our country. We don't worry about our rulers, our economy, or what our nations are doing. Jesus is king today. Now, of course, we have to live in this world today. We have to make the best of this world today and support our families and all. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is Jesus is reigning, and we belong to him as his children. So we have nothing to worry about as we enjoy the kingdom of God today. Secondly, in 1 Kings chapter 4, we see people and kings all flocking to the wisdom of Solomon. We see people desiring to belong to Solomon's kingdom because of its wisdom, its power, and its riches. People wanted to belong to, to the kingdom because of the great king who ruled over them and blessed them. This is exactly what we, see, we are to see in Jesus. Jesus condemns his cries and the Pharisees in Matthew 12, chapter 12, verse 38 and 42. Matthew 12, 38 and 42. Because they are unwilling to listen to Jesus. Now consider again Matthew 12 and 42. The queen of the south came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 34, we see people from all nations came to hear the wisdom of of Solomon. Now think about the contrast here. Jesus is far greater than Solomon. He came to the people. The people did not have to travel from the ends of the earth. He came right to them. And they did not receive him. They are asking for signs and would not believe even though Jesus was infinitely greater than Solomon. They wouldn't believe him unless they seen signs. What about us? Are we flocking to Jesus like we should? We do not have to go to the ends of the earth to find Jesus, to listen to his wisdom, to belong to his kingdom, because Jesus came to us. His wisdom is right here in our hands. A lot of us have it downloaded on our phones, so we keep it on our sides, in our pockets, in our hands. These scriptures are the wisdom of God to us. 
We do not have to go anywhere. Just pick up God's Word. Yet we pick up so many other things, but the beauty of God's wisdom to us. Do we see the glory of our King and want to belong to His kingdom? If we do, then we will seek Him and seek His kingdom above anything else. If we're not seeking the Lord and seeking His kingdom first, then what I'm saying is that we do not value our Lord's kingdom. So many people value their own kingdom that they have created. They have made themselves in charge and think that they have rule over their lives. They do not value what Jesus has offered to each and every one of us. I want us to think about how crazy this decision is. Don't like using that word stupid. Sometimes you can't, you can't look over. This is that's stupid. It's dumb. If you were offered to belong to Solomon's kingdom with all his wealth, power, with all of his peace, his joy, and happiness, but had to do what Solomon said as your ruler, would you do it? I think we all probably would. Now get me out of having to listen to wicked rulers and terrible government. Give me a ruler in righteousness who would give me what we long for, what we want, the life that we want. But you know, that is what Jesus is offering to each and every one of us in his kingdom. We need to value the kingdom as he had brought to us. Solomon's kingdom was one that everyone wanted to belong to. How much more should everyone want to belong to the kingdom of Christ? Would the queen of the south rise up and condemn us for our unwillingness to seek Jesus' kingdom? So let's, let's end with the glorious words of the Apostle Paul regarding this idea for us today. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 16 through 19. Romans 14, 16 through 19 tells us, Let not your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serves Christ and acceptable to God and approved of men. Verse 19 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Also over in the book of Hebrews. Turn with it over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 starts off, says, Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Then we see in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 tells us, For our conversation is in heaven, for whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body and make... And ma and it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things 
unto himself. We see here as it said that our, our citizenship is in heaven. We'll wait on the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It tells us here that he, had transfer, he will transform our lowly body to uh, be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things himself. See, in closing, you see that in all these scriptures that we have a different focus for life because we belong to a different kingdom. We are looking forward to the fullness of this glorious kingdom to come when our king returns. As Brother Mark told us this morning in Philippians that we had the great desire to go on and be with God now. Now that we know our hearts are right, but we had a desire to stay here, to share and to teach and study with others. So if you've stepped out of, your way, out of God's way, or you need the prayers and the encouragement of the congregation, or maybe you need to be baptized, there's only one way to do it, and that's to take that first step to come back into God. Whatever you need may be, we ask you to come forward. This time we'll stand and sing our song of invitation.